Amen. All right, let's turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. We'll start off there. 2 Peter chapter 1. And uh, start looking at this book, 2 Peter. And we'll just read the introduction, verses 1 through 4. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 say this, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Let's pray again. Father, again, Lord, we just thank you for being a good and merciful and gracious God. Again, uh, Lord, I just uh, uh, thank you for watching over us, dear God. And Lord, you've brought us hitherto, dear God. And uh, Lord, you'll get us uh, the rest of the way. And Lord, that's just uh, exciting, uh, uh, Lord, to think about, dear Lord, the things that uh, lie ahead. And uh, Lord, we don't need to look down and uh, we don't need to be discouraged by looking out. But God, we need to be encouraged by looking up and looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He started something. He's going to finish it. And that's just exciting to think about. Lord, we think about again about the many prayer requests, Lord, the spiritual needs, the physical needs, the financial needs. Uh, dear God, uh, uh, the needs that people need wisdom and making decisions and guidance uh, in their life, dear God. Uh, as uh, Brother Mark mentioned, that one that he witnessed to and others that have met, uh, witnessed to people, take that seed that's been sown, God, and convict that heart. And uh, Lord, draw that heart unto you. Lord, we'd sure like to see uh, some people get saved. And so, Lord, uh, we thank you, uh, God, for those you have touched. Thank you that Sister McLean's doing better and others. Thank you for hearing those prayers, and we ask your continued uh, touch upon those who are still feeling sick, be with those that are traveling. Now, Lord, as we look at this portion of Scripture, Lord, I pray uh, that you'd, uh, Lord, help us to learn and uh, challenge us. And again, Lord, we just thank you for uh, loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have this second epistle of Peter, and boy, you think about Peter's life, an interesting thing to, to study, an interesting story. He, of course, we know he started out as a fisherman, and so he went from uh, fishing to faith, uh, from uh, catching, amen, from catching to being caught, amen. He got caught, uh, got up by the gospel, and then uh, from mending nets to mending lives. And so the Lord did a great work in Peter's life. And so, again, looking at verse 1, says, Simon Peter. Now, of course, he was called, you know, his name was Simon. That's the, parent, that's the name his parents gave him, right? And, uh, and uh, Jesus gave him the name Peter, <laughs> uh, right? So, really, it talks about, uh, uh, you know, he said, Thou art Peter, Cephas. And uh, so, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, notice this, to them that obtain like Precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice that uh, word there, precious, precious. 
Amen. And of course, it's mentioned a couple of times in these verses. It says precious faith. Later down there in verse 4, it says precious promises. And of course, the word uh, precious, when something's precious, that has to do with uh, something that's considered valuable, something that has great value or is considered valuable to the beholder. And of course, uh, uh, when you look at Peter's life and see how he, he uh, grew, one of the last things the Lord said to him uh, before he ascended there was, Peter, lovest thou uh, me more than these? And he challenged him. And we know that Jesus Christ became very precious, right? Very precious to the apostle Peter. Matter of fact, in 1 Peter, he says it a few times. I'll give you one reference. 1 Peter 2, 7 says this. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. Amen. Would you agree with that tonight? Amen. I want to be one of those that say, yes, I agree. Jesus is precious. Amen. Uh, he has value in my life. And so, therefore, to Peter, since Jesus was precious, I believe everything connected to Jesus he considered precious. He, he uses a, that word quite often in his writings. Let me uh, 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 give an example in First Peter chapter one verse seven. He says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, and uh, so he says, hey, you know, your faith is connected to the Lord Jesus Christ, and that makes it more precious. Amen. Than gold itself. In verse 19 of 1 Peter 1, he talks about, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And then, of course, in verse 4 here, he says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. So uh, he said, man, Christ is precious. Amen. And, uh, and boy, everything, the blood is precious. And boy, that's, uh, that's the way we need to think. Everything uh, uh, Christ touches, amen, value is added to it. So Christ is valuable and he adds value to that which he is a part of. And certainly we can, uh, we can attest, those of us that are saved, amen, that when he saved us, amen, he added, he added value to our life, amen. We got an upgrade, amen. <laughs> you ever go into, you ever uh, uh, go into do something? Say, hey, sir, uh, man, you, you, you better nice to me today. I want y'all to give you a free upgrade. We like free upgrades, right? Well, amen. That's what uh, we got. Say, we got a free upgrade through the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, here it talks about uh, uh, again those. It says to them that have obtained, have obtained like precious faith when with us. So here it's talking about the family. We are the family. We're the family of God. And part of what binds us together is our like precious faith. Now, uh, we know, you know, usually when we think about faith, we think about just the part of believing. But here, I believe it's talking about more than that. It's talking about the body of truth we hold as believers. Amen. That's the faith, right? The faith, the body of truth that we hold as believers. I think uh, it's a reference to the same thing in Jude. Jude verse 3 says this, you know this verse, I exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith, right? That, 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 that body of truth, if you will, that says this, that was once delivered unto the saints. 
Amen. Jesus Christ, God delivered, amen, a, 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 a body of truth, if you will, to the saints. He gave it to the church, and we're, we're responsible for it. Amen. And that's a that's a, a serious thing uh, to be responsible for that. But amen, that's what binds us together. One of the things that binds us together uh, as believers. So praise the Lord. We have something steadfast and sure that we can trust in. You know, the world out there. I mean, it's it, it like every year or now. It used to be it used to be every few decades. Now it seems uh, every uh, few days that the world is is flopping around out there like a dying fish, trying to figure things out. You know, they're they're always jumping from one train of thought to another, and it gets worse with each new thought. You know, uh, I remember uh, politicians in my lifetime, you know, a few years ago, you'd ask them about something. That, well, no, 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 we, we don't agree with that. A couple years later, you ask them the same question. Well, you know, just because I wouldn't do that, just because I wouldn't do that doesn't mean I should condemn somebody else that does that. Then you ask him today, like, hey, what's wrong with it? <laughs> you know, uh, we just need to be inclusive of all those things. You know, they're constantly changing their train of thought. But thank God, we as believers, we continue to tread forward faithfully and steadfastly, guided by the same precious faith that helped former believers in their generation. Amen? Hey, I want to say, I believe what Paul believed. Amen? <laughs> I believe what Peter believed and what he writes here. And thank God, amen, we have a, a steadfast faith that we can help to guide us. And it says that we've obtained this. We have it. Amen. Listen, I'm glad that I've obtained what I need in this life. I'm not searching for nothing new. I'm not seeking nothing new. And that's a wonderful joy. Amen. And so uh, I found what I was looking for. So I don't spend my days looking for something new. I just spend my days learning more about what I already have. Amen. In the Lord Jesus Christ. And that word obtained there means received without any personal effort. Amen. It was received by grace. And that's why you see mentioned in these verses a couple of times, we obtained it from God, right? He delivered it unto the saints. And so uh, it's been given unto us as it mentions in these verses. You know, uh, uh, and so thank God that we have this body of faith and we have faith based upon that. You know, have you ever uh, caught yourself or maybe felt like something going on? You just say, man, I, I, I just, this is just difficult. I just can't see my way through this situation. You ever felt that way? You ever felt that way? Well, you know, as believers, we're not to see our way through a situation. Amen. We're supposed to faith our way through a situation and we can do that. Amen. With the things that God has given us. So as we look at this thought, as we look at this faith that's been delivered to us, or if we want to use that term body of truth, we see that this body of truth comes from a divine power and is uh, to guide us. So let's look at these verses again. Verse two, grace and peace be multiplied into you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Verse three, according, notice the statement as his divine power. His divine power. You know, Peter, uh, he could talk or he could speak with authority on the divine power of God. 
Peter understood some things about the divine power of God. He had certainly seen it on display while the Lord walked the earth. He had seen divine power take on a lot of things as he walked with the Lord. He saw uh, the Lord's divine power take on nature. It says in Mark 4.39, just to give you a verse, it says, And he arose, talking about Jesus, and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a calm. Hey, uh, when, 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 no doubt when uh, Peter was writing this, and he meant he, those words, divine power, amen, came across the page as the Holy Spirit guided him. Boy, no doubt some stories flooded through his mind. He said, oh, man, I know something about that divine power. I remember that day we were out on the sea, amen, and he had the divine power that he controlled nature. He saw that divine power control illness and disease. Matter of fact, he saw it. He saw it. it uh, uh, that divine power work on his own mother-in-law. Amen. And uh, I wonder if he had to pray. But he said, "Man, okay, honey, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him." Amen. His own mother-in-law there. Just, just joking. Just joking. All right. Matthew eight fourteen says this. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother. Amen. That would be his mother-in-law. Laid, I wonder what the Catholics do with that, just a side note, right? And it says this, and he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. Said, oh man, let me tell you about that divine power of God. One day, that sweet mother-in-law of mine, that precious lady, amen. <laughs> he said, he said, God came in, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he touched her and healed my mother-in-law. He saw that divine power work on demons. Matthew 8, 16 says, when even was come, I love this verse, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. He, 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 he cast those out that were possessed of devils. He said, man, let me tell you something about the divine power of God. Boy, I'd see people come and boy, they'd be rolling around. They'd be acting all crazy, full of the, full of the devil or devils. And boy, I saw that divine nature. Boy, the next thing you know, they were sitting there clothed and in their right mind. That's the divine power of God. And he even saw it work on death. You know, uh, Jesus messed up every funeral we ever went to. Amen. So they always make sure. Hey, I don't know who you're inviting to the funeral. Make sure you invite Jesus. Amen. Make sure you invite him. Amen. Luke 7, 15, you know the story about that woman uh, uh, coming by with her son and uh, the Lord touched her son. And it says he he that was dead sat up and began to speak and delivered him to his mother. Now, think about this, that divine power. The divine power of God that can control nature, that divine power of God that uh, has a power over illness and disease, that divine power that has power over demons and death, right? Well, I'd say that that divine power can certainly take care of anything in our life as well. And boy, that divine power, amen, God wants it to be acting, uh, active uh, in our life. And it goes on to say this, according as his divine power, look, was given unto us and hath given unto us all things. You got to remember, amen, everything that he put in you the moment you got saved, amen, comes with the backing of divine power. So it's able to accomplish what needs to be accomplished in your life. It's backed, amen? It's backed by divine power. And it says that divine power hath what? Given unto us. We obtained it. Not because we went out there and earned it. 
We obtained it not because we went out there and paid for it. We obtained it through a free gift that he gave to us. It says, hath given that us, look at this, all things, all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So look at this. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. God wants us to live a full life. You know, man, I want, I want to live a full life as a believer. You know, I, I, I look ahead. I say, man, if the Lord tarries, I still have exciting dreams as a believer. I still have things I want to see God do as a believer. I have things I still want to do uh, as a believer if the Lord uh, 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 should tarry. Uh, and I think about that. And so God wants us to full, live a full life. And of course, living a full life as a Christian includes godliness, right? Listen, a lot of people, when they think about religion, they think about being good. God's not looking for good people. He's looking for godly people. Psalm 12, 1, help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. Notice that, among the children of men. That means you're supposed to be godly and faithful among the children of men, among those uh, whom you dwell. And it goes on to talk about, this verse goes on to talk about glory and virtue. We've been called. Notice how this verse ends. Through the knowledge of him, what that hath called us to glory and virtue. Those are things, amen, that should be active in our life as believers. That divine nature has given all that we need to live the life that Christ wants us to live. Given all we need to live a godly life. All we need so that glory and virtue can be manifest in our life as believers. He has supplied all the necessary resources for that to be possible. When it says all things, you know what that means? That means the totality of, the totality of. There's nothing lacking, amen? There's nothing in one of those containers on one of all them ships out there, amen, waiting in the bay to be unloaded, right? <laughs> They're having that uh, supply problem out there, right? America's having a supply problem. Hey, listen, uh, listen, uh, so some, so, you know, you can go to a store and like, man, why are you out of this? Well, you know, there's a supply problem. Hey, listen, we don't have that as believers. There's not a supply problem, amen? <laughs> Everything's already been downloaded, if you will, uh, into our life. We just, the Bible says, don't work out your own salvation, amen? We just need to Amen. Let it be active and let it have its way in our life as believers. So the totality of all that you needed was delivered on the day that you got saved. Amen. You are connected uh, uh, to it. Nothing is lacking in the supply chain, if you will, of what we need to live the life that God wants us to live. I like this verse in 832. It says, all things. He that spareth not his own son but delivered him up for us all and them all, <laughs> us all and them all, right? How shall he not with him, see, with him, everything is attached to Jesus Christ. Everything is attached to the one with the divine power. Also freely, see, given unto us, freely given unto us. You see, we obtained it, not because we did something different again. It was given unto us, all things. 
All things that we need are freely given us. So you think all you got that day was salvation. You, you need to get in and realize you got a lot of things that day. Amen. And you need to be enjoying them as a believer. And it says is what you have been what called to glory and future. We need to realize, hey, listen, uh, we are somebody not in ourselves, but in Jesus Christ. And as believers, we have a high and holy calling that God has given us. Let me give you a couple of verses. Hebrews 3, 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. 2 Timothy 1, 9. Talking about Christ who saved us and called us with a holy calling. So we have a high and we have a high and holy calling. And listen, we're not the word out there. They're just floating along. They got to get up every day and try to figure it out. No, uh, God saved us. Amen. He is, and he established the Bible says he established our goings and he gave us a path to walk and a direction to, in which to head and a goal to try and reach. Right. I'm not, I'm not just floating along. I'm being guided along. I have clear direction. Amen. In that what I'm trying to seek and where I'm headed as a believer. Philippians 3.14, he said, Paul said this, I, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high, uh, high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That, mark, that word mark means goal. It means the end of the race. <laughs> Hey, that means, hey, you, wait, wait, you stay in the race until you cross the finish line. Hey, we don't cross the finish line, amen. The finish line is on that side, amen. It's not on this side. The finish line is on that side. And so, amen, we, uh, he's given us all we need, amen, to participate in the race. And he's given what we need, amen, uh, to re make it to the end of the race. So as we serve the Lord daily, and grow as Christians, the divine power works in our life. So there's no reason, there's no reason for a child of God, no matter the circumstances, to feel weak, to feel defenseless, to feel helpless or hopeless, because by faith we know the divine power and what it has already supplied us is there to sustain us. And so we've got a divine power, amen, to help us. This body of truth also comes, is full of promises. Verse 4, whereby, here it is again, given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Love that verse, given unto us, amen, exceeding great and precious promises. Listen, God has given you a promise. You can trust God with his promises, Here's a, good, here's a good verse for you when you think about the promises of God. Numbers 23, verse 19 says this. God is not a man that he should lie. You ever anybody promise anything and not fulfill it? Huh? Huh? All the kids are going, yeah, yeah. Dad said if I was listening today, he'd take me to Andy's and get me some. Oh, I'll leave that alone. Amen? Right? Right? See, you know. So listen, well, chorus. Chorus, right? That's earthly fathers. We we blow it all the time in that area. But our heavenly father is what? God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, look at this, hath he said and shall he not do it? Yes, he will. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Yes, he will do it. Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? 
Yes, he will make it good. Yes, he will do it. I love it, you know, back there when God's talking to Israel and he says, not what, and he said, and God says, then what? Not one word has failed you. Not one thing that God promised has failed you has not been fulfilled. And so he'll do the same for us. We know this, amen. Everything comes from Jesus Christ and goes back to Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 1.20, what? For all the promises. There it is again. I love that word all, amen. That it speaks of totality. It speaks of completeness. It speaks of fullness, nothing missing. For all the promises of God, next two words, what? In him. Where are they? In him are what? Yea, and in him, amen, under the glory of God by us. For all the promises of God, where, where are they? In him. Where are you? In him. Amen. You're right there. You're right there at the source. Amen. Yeah, you need to look no further. You're right there at the source of all those promises being met. What a wonderful thought that is. So think about this. God's promises are what? They're God's divine assurances. They're God's divine assurances. Amen. Think about that. Think about the promises of God. Somebody, somebody tell me a promise. Now, come on. Try, think, think for a minute. Don't answer quick because people always say the same things. Right? Somebody give me a, a good promise of God. Yes, James. We are right. We are. Somebody else. Yes, sister. Yes. Of course, yes. Come on. There you go. Come on, Priscilla. Where I am, there you may be also. Right. Amen. Amen. Where I am, there you may be also. Amen. Thank God. A couple good things to think about. God's promises are divine assurances. Amen. And by these, look at this, by these, it says this, whereby giving us great and exceeding promise that what? That by these you may be partakers of the divine nature. By these. Amen. Not just because they're there, but because what? Because you're claiming those promises, amen, and you're letting those promises be fulfilled in your life. You're trusting God. That means you're what? You're living by faith. If you're claiming something, amen, you're letting faith be active in your life. As we claim and live the promises of God, the power of God works in us and on us. And the nature of God is revealed or seen more in our lives. That's what we want. As we claim and live the promises of God, the power of God works in us, on us, and through us, and then the nature of God is revealed or seen more in our lives because what? We become partakers, participators in the divine nature. Look at this, having escaped the corruption that is in them. And so that's the goal, to be partakers of the divine nature. Now, let's think about this for a moment. The divine nature. We need to understand that there's only one divine nature. <laughs> there's only one divine nature. That's important to understand because we do, not, we do not get a divine nature when we get saved. I mean, in a sense, like our own. Or we, not, we do not be, become a divine nature, if you will, as some religions teach, right? And that's sort of what the Mormons teach, right? You know, uh, uh, what, what, what's it when they say? What he, what, what he, what, what we are, he was, and what, what he is, we can become. Basically, something like that. That's what they say, 
right? What we are, he was, and what he is, we can become. So the thought is, amen, we can become gods and we get our own worlds and all that blah, blah, blah stuff, right? So here's the thing. We don't become a divine nature. We don't become our own little God. We don't have our own little divine nature as some religions teach, but what are we doing? We're getting in on his divine nature. That's what we're doing, amen? He's sharing his divine nature with us. You see, it's all him. It's all, amen? We're all, it's all about being connected to him. We get in on his divine nature. We partake of his nature, right? Like we mentioned the other day, what's true in him, we want to be true in us. And one way that happens is by partaking, amen, being partakers in his divine nature. That's what we want. We get in, amen? He lets us get in on part of, of who he is and what he is. Because what we've, we've escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You see, we've escaped the old sinful nature and now are now attached to him, the divine nature. So one of our main desires each day should be for his divine nature to be seen through us more and more. More, say, more, more of Jesus, would I know? <laughs> more of his life to others show? Something like that. Isn't that what the, the song says? Uh, I like that song. Made more about Jesus. Amen. We want, to be, we want to know more about Jesus so we can be more like Jesus. All right? We want people to see more of him in our lives. Again, as I said the other day, hey, if there's any good in me, it's not Jeff Stewart. It's just him shining through. If I love, uh, if I, if I love you as my fellow believers, if I, if I care about somebody in a foreign land, or if I care about somebody walking down the street, that's not because I'm a good person. That's his nature. That's his nature. That, that love is part of his nature. Amen. That unconditional love is part of his nature. And that, that, that's what helps me to love my brothers and sisters. That's what helps me to, to love the souls of men. That's what helps me to love the word of God. That's what help, helps me to love the house of God. All that is is his divine nature being manifest in my life. And all those things are just part of who he is and him just being himself. Again, the Christian life it's not me being anything. It's just me being out of the way, me being dead to self and letting Jesus Christ be himself through me. That's the Christian life, that divine nature being through. Well, let me finish up here. So uh, praise the Lord as God's children. Amen. We have a divine faith to keep us stable. We have a divine power to make us able. We have divine promises, amen, <laughs> uh, to encourage us and to claim, and we have a divine nature to change us. So as believers and possessors of a great and precious faith, despite, listen, despite how things look in the, this country, despite how things might look in this world, amen, Brother R was talking about the little bit in the office beforehand, despite how these things look, hey, as believers, our future's bright. Our future's bright. And I'm not just talking about when we get to heaven. Our future, despite what, I don't know what the future of this country is. I don't know what the future of a lot of things are out there. But I know even here, even in this life, as believers, our future 
should still be right because, amen, we have that precious faith. We have that divine power. We have those precious promises. We have that divine nature, amen, so that no matter what else is going on, amen, we have a bright future to look forward to because we have those things on our side. So remember this, all those who are true believers in Jesus Christ, amen, we share a like precious faith. The Lord Jesus, again, should become more and more precious to us each day as believers. Our faith is powerful because it's a faith, amen, amen, that rests and is guided, amen, and, and runs from the source of a divine power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are to live our lives by faith, believing in the promises of God. So by faith in Christ, we receive a new nature, right? His nature, which enables us to live a life well-pleasing to Him. So what a, what a wonderful thought. We'll bound together, amen, as believers with a like precious faith, with a divine power, with precious promises, amen, and together we are enjoying uh, 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 the divine nature. Getting in on it, amen? Getting in on it. So uh, listen, uh, we should, you know, uh, we should, uh, you know, they say the, the longer you live with somebody, the more you become like. When I'll say that we should become more uh, 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 like like Jesus. Hey, boy, I, I think I think of my again, my friend brother Crab, and I say, man, he that, that's the man that the walk with God. I say, man, I'd like to. I when I when I look at brother Crab, I say, man, I'd like to be like brother Crab. But you know what I'm really saying? I'd I, I, I'd, I'd like to attain to the level of walk he had with God. I'd like to attain to the faith that he had in God. So it's really not so much bragging on my friend Brother Crab as a, a, a bragging on what Christ did in his life, amen, and how he allowed Christ to bring him uh, uh, to that level of a walk that he had. I said, man, that's, I want to I attain to that. Let's pray.